All right, Mena fans, welcome back to another edition of Mena Fandom, the premier KMS reaction show. I'm, of course, your host, Menas. I've got a substitute co-host in. Uh, my good friend Red asked for some annual leave, and I granted it. So I'm joined by the the great Ned Snark. Ned, how are you? I'm I'm great. Thanks for having me here, and and thanks for Red for allowing me to take his his seat. Certainly yep. not going to fill his shoes, but, you know, do my best. Yeah, you certainly won't fill his bra either. Um, <laughs> so, so tell me, um, I should have introduced you as co-host of uh, All Aboard, of course, that um, show that's still going on. Um, so I believe you celebrated a birthday yesterday. How are the golden years going? They are progressing terribly, Manners, terribly. The big 6-0 yesterday, so... Three score years, so I'm, I'm the not big six zero uh, yesterday. I thought you turned yeah. sixty a while ago. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, not a while. <laughs> Happy birthday! Oh my god, what a year! I'm so glad you can come on. You know, yeah. your first day in the, your second day in the sixties, you get to spend the night with me. That's right, that's right, and without cigarettes because I gave them up too. So I'm, I'm struggling. So uh, uh, I was I wondering if I was going to be cranky and maybe have to postpone this for about a month, but uh, I decided <laughs> I'm going to, you know, toughen up and go through it. So when did you give up cigarettes? On my birthday, yesterday. Oh, wow. And so just like cold fresh. turkey? Yeah. No gum, no patches, nothing? No. I've done all that before and it doesn't really work. Mm. A lot of food, though. I've been eating a lot of food. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did Chinese laser acupuncture to give up smoking. Oh. And it worked. It really worked. You go in one session, I think, three days in a row, something like that, and then I never had another cigarette. Never wow. wanted another cigarette. Never... Yeah, so if you really get stuck, that's a good way to do it. I'll keep that in mind. All right, let's get into taking care of business. Uh, the Chris Clemmer Memorial segment dedicated to his um, former show, New Hampshire cast. Uh, so first bit of business. Obviously, Red was unavailable for tonight and he's off next week. So there's going to be no fighting between me and Red about Ned coming on. So I know a lot of fans are upset when Red and I fight, but th there's no problem. He's given this his blessing so, um, yeah, no problems, Ned, with Ned, Red. No, never. We want to get him on the second-rated, highest-rated show, uh, you know, on All Aboard. But uh, he keeps pushing us off, saying he has his priorities. This is his priority. Good to hear. Um, I think he had to he had to go, go through that um, experience of going on Justin's show and dealing with the fallout to come to that place. But he's finally there. Now, um. <laughs> A couple more details. So the pre, we're doing a live Minna fandom on the afternoon of the Wilbur, and we seem to have found a venue not far from the Wilbur, a bar called JJ Foley's. Uh, apparently there's a Minna fan who has a connection there. We can get a back area. So the live Minna fandom is coming together. Are you going to be in town for the Wilbur, Ned? Unfortunately, I will not. Mm, I had a yeah. ticket set aside. LK had one for me, but... Um... Uh, my wife is going to be traveling and be out of town for three weeks starting that week, so I, I won't be able to make it. That's fucked. I should kick I you know. off the show. What, what, yeah. what, what the fuck? Like, you, you're I've like been to one five of the, events. Yeah, this is the one to go to. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've been to, uh, to five uh, live events, um, and I've missed, I think, two. This will be the third. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not happy about it, but there's nothing like my hands are tied. Well, but if she's away, why can't you leave home? Like Because we, we have responsibilities here, things to take care of, that uh, we can't leave them unattended unless we get someone to cover for them. But I mean, nobody's here. Oh, Most of my family's enough. up in Maine. 
Yeah, right. Um, I'm hoping to visit Maine while I'm over. Yeah. Oh, you'll in love the it. States. Yep. So, okay. So you're not going to be there. So I'm, you know, a little bit heartbroken, but I'll get over it. Um, I can, you know, spend the night with sneakers and high blind Mike instead. <laughs> um, tell me, you know, I just want some a, a few tips from you. You know, what should I be expecting when I meet the Minna fans? Any Minna fans I should steer clear of? Any Minna fans I should seek out? I just want a bit of Ned Snark guidance for my first Minna fan event. Well, I'm not sure how that setup outside the Wilbur is going to be, but. Normally, you get to mingle. People are in in groups. Some of them you might want, not recognize in in person, but they'll all know you. Menace, you're you're going to be like, uh, you know, a, a king visiting his 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 people. They're, they've be been Kirk. waiting to see you be for Kirk. five That'll years. That'll be Kirk. That'll be Kirk. Yeah, but he shows up, and I don't know if he'll go out. He'll do an outside tour like he normally does before, like Sako shows or or. Uh, he might do it at the Wilbur too, but it'll probably probably be inside. But he usually spends time chatting, getting pictures. But there's a mission. He wants to make sure he hits everyone, and then he goes on and does the show. Um, you'll have plenty of time to to meet and greet with everyone. Um, it'll be it'll be a challenge for you because you'll be seeing people out of context. But I think, like I said, you're going to be recognized more than you will recognize, and you're going to be pulled into all sorts of groups, given all sorts of drinks and illicit drugs and things foisted upon you that you would never do. Uh, so uh, <laughs> just be prepared. Yeah. Oh, good. Well. I will take that advice. I will not take every substance given to me. I will, I will be very responsible. I've also found too, and, and you might find this that every like minifin you you associate with that you might think is like shaky or iffy or not a very good person in person, they're fantastic. It's all a persona on Twitter. Mm. And maybe it's the opposite. Like there's minifans you think are really nice, and then when you meet them, you realize they're dickheads. I haven't found them yet. Maybe, okay. but great. I mean, I. I think you would elicit more of a overall positive response than maybe I will. Like I'm sure there's some Minna fans who I've said things about who might hold that against me. No, I don't think so. Yeah, Red was saying you might be angry at me. Red said a while ago you might be That's someone. Yeah, and I'm like Ned's Ned's always Ned and I have always got on. I'm sure, I've said a few things about that stupid Grateful Dead show and stuff. But I mean. <laughs> We all go through phases of being massive clout chasers, and then we realize that was not clout chasing. Well, Let's not like go down that. You were doing I, like three or four. You were doing three or four shows on the network. All well, of them. That one self-flagellated. Two that I really wanted to do, and and it was the history one, which didn't yeah. last because we couldn't get the schedule. And that was, and by the way, these all came out at Saco Four, I believe. And uh, um, they always just say, hey, why don't we do it? They were looking for to shows to do. I had the time then. I don't have the time now. Mm. I mean, Ad, Ad, Adam and I have trouble scheduling our seven. We try to record Wednesdays at seven, but it's tough. No, it wasn't clout chasing. It was just like, let's fun. Let's let's interact. It was being encouraged. Mm, okay. You can get, okay. I'm and not going to go down that road again. I'm not going to go down that road again. <laughs> rest, rest in peace. What was the show called? Um, the Grateful what, Dead. Um, the Grateful. No, it wasn't the Great. It was. Um, um, See, it was so good. We forgot. Yeah, okay. There you go. Um, all right. So let's get into speaking of the Wilbur, let's get into show stuff. Someone who's not welcome in the world at the Wilbur is Chris Clemmer. Now, I heard you're all aboard and you were scathing of Justin, you were scathing of Kirk. Uh, you were very disappointed that they were trolling Chris during Barstool Idol. Um, yeah, where did that come from? I mean, it's all a bit of fun. Surely, um, Chris should have been able to take it on the chin. Uh, true. And, uh, the, the issue I had was really that, uh, Kirk just unleashes Justin 
and Justin's like a mindless, you know, he just goes after, you know, point him in the direction and he just attacks. Um, so Kirk knew what he was doing. I just didn't think it was, it was really warranted. Kirk should take it as a compliment that if Chris gets the offer and he did, uh, he only made it to day two. So that was a bit of a failure, but at the end of the day, he, he got a shot to, to go work there. And I think it was, should have been, you know, you know, teased, jabbed, you know, it, it, but uh, encouraged in the end, but Justin went from, um, Oh, this will be kind of funny to being cringy very quickly. And you have to admit, you, you, I think I saw you say the same thing, but a little too much. Yeah, I don't think the execution was uh, particularly uh, – the execution didn't land, but I, I didn't think it was particularly scummy to send Justin there. I mean, it was all good fun. I actually think that it, it actually made Chris stand out from the others because all those fucking dead shits there, yeah. um, you know, were awful. But then you had this one freak from New Hampshire who looks strange. He's got a, a heckler from KMS. I, I thought actually in the end it probably worked to Chris's advantage. Yeah, it might have had it been executed better. I didn't think it was a scummy move. I just thought it was uh, just not, it could have been done, but if it had done better, I think I might have felt different about it. Let's put it that way. But when he started turning on the judges, you know, that was, okay, let's, let's have gone too far. And you, well, the Justin thing is interesting because, you know, this is Justin's role in the show. If he's going to be part of KMS, he's got to be able to do this stuff. But you said on all the board that you think maybe Kirk's not the best influence on Justin. I yeah. mean, I think it it, it it goes beyond that. Maybe, maybe Justin shouldn't be in content then because I don't think Kirk does anything particularly bad. Um, no, because I when he read the, the Julie DeCaro book, uh, you know, calling WEI, that was that was that was that was pretty good. I mean, that was really good. But I just think that Kirk should be careful with what he sends Justin to do. And, you know, for, for very obvious reasons. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a full-grown adult, but he's really a kid and he's got uh, some issues and he has to be mindful of those issues and what those triggers are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, there's the, the betting is going against him for him even showing up at the Wilbur. Yeah, absolutely. So, he, he's yeah. a, I would say, at best a 50-50 chance of being at the Wilbur, Justin. But I don't think Kirk has done anything wrong. Justin, he's not really a show producer. He doesn't really make social content. He can't organise live events. So his only role is being kind of an assistant and a bit of a crazy person you, you can throw into situations. And I actually think Justin genuinely has a, an instinct for not good content, but he, he can sort of entertain by being mad, you know. Like, I think he's got that in him. He can push himself to a, so we can all laugh at him. Yeah, but to a point. And you're, you're right. It, the, at the um, one of the Socko shows, there was a pre-show at TJ Hubbard's uh, brother's house. It was generous. He allowed us to have a big gathering there. And they did a Mike and the Minifans there. It was a lot of fun. But there was a the guy there, the Led Zeppelin guy. You probably heard of him. You probably mm, never seen him. I think Justin killed him. Yeah. I think he's gone. He never was seen again after that because he kept he got really trashed and he was coming up to the to the uh, to the broadcast area and just being a general nuisance until I think it was Mike who just said, you know, Justin, get rid of this guy. And ooh, did he get rid of that guy? Really? So, what did he yeah. do? I don't. I don't remember. Uh, I just remember he was never seen again. You know. Oh, so probably like it's probably still tripping in the woods somewhere in um, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> but you're right. Justin's got to be given simple, clear directions and tasks, and and knows how far he can go. Yeah. So and um, so, look, I want to talk about Clemmer, and I've sort of, I've come to the sort of point now where I think 
eventually we in Mina fandom and maybe on KMS just have to draw a line in the sand and say Clem is in the past. It's time to look to the future. But, you know, we'll talk about him on this episode. Red has got a lot to say about Clemmer. I don't know if we'll get a chance to air them on this show, but, you know, I'm a bit sick of all this Clemmer stuff. But, I mean, what did you think of his appearance on the Dave Portnoy show? Um, I thought he was a little too resting bitch face, you know, when, when it, during the whole interview, he sat there and wasn't really reacting. Um, I, I thought, I didn't think he knew Kirk was coming on, but he showed no reaction. I think he did fine, but he could have done better. Um, but he, I think your absolutely, your first point was actually the most correct point. It's he's, he's done his thing on KMS. Um, he's left like all the chats, I think that he was involved in and, uh, he's moving on to, to Barstool and, you know. Godspeed, let him go. Mm-hmm. He looked nervous on that appearance, and uh, very nervous. It's a, it's a big show. Dave Portnoy is a big personality, so going on with him, there's there's no no shame in being nervous. I thought though he exuded this kind of aura of being a little bit above the Minna fans, above KMS now, even a little bit sort of condescending towards Kirk. Um, oh, you know, you, you should answer this, Kirk. Like, Chris is some big fucking figure now at Barstool. Like, I just felt, you know, he, he. I think he acted like he's on maybe a different level now to the Kirk Minahan show. Uh, I didn't pick that up at all, but I can, I now thinking back, I can see why you would say that, but I don't think it was conscious. You know, if it was anything, it was subconscious, but uh, I don't think, I don't, I didn't really catch that. He's not going to do that. He won't bite the hand that feeds him. He said that a million times. You know, he, he appreciates everything that Kirk has done. But you might be right. Maybe there was something to it below the surface, but I didn't I didn't get it at the time. But looking back, thinking back, maybe you're right. Uh, I think he's being very careful, Chris, because he knows if he really rubs Kirk the wrong way and he goes nuclear, then that's not going to be good for that's true. Um, Chris. And also, I mean, I think I'd be curious how Chris feels underneath it all about, you know, Kirk telling him to hit the bricks Um and then sending Justin to to New York, and and then you sort of tie it all back, and you f- you find out that Kirk reached out to to Boston Big Cat and um, organized him to be on Idol. So yeah. um, I, I think there's some anger there and animosity from Chris, and I think as well he just feels like he's moving on to better things. That KMS, you know, was a little playground for him. He's he's got what he wanted. He's he's now got this great opportunity at a company only two years ago he didn't like. Um, and now yeah. he's he's moving on. Well, I, I you know I don't think Kirk told him to hit the bricks. It was only after, and, I, and I'm a I'm a Clemming as as to use Red's expression. I am a Clemming, but I think we all know that was pretty weak uh, excuse not to come into the studio for that week. Um, uh, your friend coming into town, you've got tickets to the Celtics uh, finals uh, game. Um, your what was it? Was it his in laws were leaving and he had to go say goodbye or drop mm. the dog off and they were too far. That was kind of weak. He could have made arrangements. And, and so, he probably needed a lot of time to work on those two shitty games he presented in <laughs> Idol. I mean, Texas Poop Hold'em and that Brewster's Barstool or whatever shit yeah. that came out of his mouth. Yeah. You know, he was probably on the fucking subway that morning heading into Barstool HQ, like putting in his phone some ideas. So bad. Yeah. Um, a point was made on the Dave Portnoy show, and, and I thought Kirk encapsulated this really well, saying that, you know, Chris Clemmer is exactly Frank the Tank. He's not better. He's not worse. He's exactly Frank the Tank. And Kirk and Dave, well, Dave got it from Kirk, but they were pushing Clemmer on, you know, can he be made fun of in the same way that Frank the Tank can be? And 
I don't think Clemmer can. I think when push comes to shove, Clemmer has a a lot more pride and yep. a lot more ego than maybe Frank the Tank does. I don't know Frank. I don't follow that sort of thing. But so I don't think Chris can actually be Frank the Tank. What do you think? No, I uh, when you the only interaction I ever had with Frank and and why, I've seen him on clips, but I do kind of read. I don't know if you you go to the 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 app or go to his his blogs at all. But his blogs are, they have an interesting subject, but it looks like it's a literally cut and paste from Wikipedia. And then on top of that, he gets killed in the comic comments. So I think Chris is more, I think you use pride. That's actually a better word than I was going to use. I was going to say sensitive um, because Chris does care. And as I said on, on uh, uh, the show I do with Adam, uh, you know, when I've been on with him, he really takes care in how he wants the show to go and what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. We've done, I watched him do ad reads like three Did you lead to Out of Theatre Near Me? Sorry? Did you listen to Out of Theatre Near Me? There's, yeah. there's someone no. that doesn't have pride in what they do. <laughs> but what I'm saying is if I think he would be sensitive to to criticism and it might be, it might be pride, as you put on point out but i do know that if he feels he puts an effort into something and he gets rejected that's gonna be tough he mm. doesn't have a thick skin in that regard which would be tough for anyone yeah i have a lot of empathy for chris in that because we're about the same age and you know if if barstool offered me a job and said we want you to be someone we can mess around with and and make fun of i would go no thanks that's like i'm right. i'm past that i'm not a 25 year old kid um, thanks very much, but I'm, you know, if you want me to host a show or something, I'm, I'm fine with that. But so I, I, I have sympathy for Chris in that, but I just think if Portnoy is looking at Clemmer as someone he can bring down to Miami with um, Nadu and it, some other brainless twats, then um, like I don't think Chris will be able to pull that off. Yeah, that that'll be difficult. It was interesting though, and and I didn't know this that he said is that uh, Laura could work in Miami. That her job is in, mm. you know, she has an office in Miami to work in. So, it kind of did clear the path for him to to go, you know, balls deep as we say. And he should. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, it's a great opportunity. Take it. I mean, yeah. you know, he did, doesn't like the Kirk Minahan show anymore, so he's got to find something else. And commuter Laura is a, a, obviously a saint. Uh, yeah, a, a, a wonderful woman. I've only met her online. I hope to meet her in person and just yeah. um, just praise her for being so understanding and supportive. Um, you know, unlike Carano's wife who's going to murder him and dump his body <laughs> in South America, um, I, I don't think commuter Laura is going to do that. Um, <laughs> One thing that st struck me as being just complete horse shit was Clemmer saying he's self-sufficient. That is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. He was on KMS for a year, did fuck all, as Kirk said on Dave Portnoy's show, showed no ambition, turned up once a week, did nothing else, didn't do a show on the network, would have been perfect for a Chris and the Minifan show. He put up loads of excuses, oh, I couldn't do it, blah, 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 blah. Well, um, he didn't learn how to produce the show he didn't he didn't do anything apart from just turn up technically he's not very proficient clamor but i mean he's, he's taught himself he he did add a theater in me poorly he's, he's doing the stream now um which is you know what 10 year old boys do at home so yeah that's very self-sufficient so i think that's horseshit like i don't think he's self-sufficient the, uh, that I did think that was a stretch, but I can't tell you that he has had to teach himself, you know, um, editing and, and producing uh, for, for podcasts. I, I drop into the Twitch. I feel like, you know, it's like a 15 year old girls, 
you know, app, so I don't really use it much. So mm. I have on occasion, I haven't done it much. I, I'll say twice. Um, but it was entertaining when I was there. So I, I did say it was, think it was pretty good, but self-sufficient was a bit of a stretch. Yeah. You know, Portnoy said clemmers don't grow on trees. Um, well, good point. That's inarguable. That is right. inarguable. Yeah. I mean, Clemmer is unique. Um, I still love him despite my heavy criticism in this show. Uh, I'm sure Chris is li listening and I, I do very much like him. And, you know, my criticisms come from my heart. Um, yeah. Via like the devil. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've all felt those criticisms via your heart. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, very telling when Chris Clemmer said that there were more avenues with Barstool, Barstool for content because it's a bigger landscape. I mean, Clemmer had blinkers on when he was at KMS. And maybe, you know, Kirk, because he's so intimidating, um, scared Chris or something. But I mean, Chris had this beautiful avenue with KMS. He had he was there every day, for, uh, once a week for a year. He could have done so much, and you know, he went to the movies every day for a hundred days, and that was it. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see that. Well, he, you know, he and Carano when when they did um, when when they did uh, Jesus Christ. Now I forgot that podcast too. See what happens when you turn sixty? You forget the, Rome? the good ones. Oh, no, no, no not Rome. Week? When, you, when they did, yeah, when they were doing Quantum Week, you know, they said, uh, you know, at the onset, they appreciate the Minifans following them, but they didn't want to be on the Minifan Network, Minifan, you know, KMS YouTube Network. Mm. I think Chris carried that on too. He wanted to maintain a distance. Also, to your point, which you mentioned, uh, Kirk's also very sensitive about people using him or using his access to further their own gains. I think it was actually pretty smart of him, whether you think it was creative or not, that at least he's trying other things outside of. Uh, a KMS umbrella. So I think when he said like the landscape is more wider open at, at Barstool, I, I think he's believing that he's got more, um, more opportunities for more diverse type of things that he might want to do that could be kind of let it kind of limiting within KMS. Then yeah. he also had to feel beholden to Kirk and at any minute he could say, you know, fuck off, get off my, my network and you're gone. Did you hear? Uh, so I listened to, uh, Jared Carabas's podcast, a bit of it last night because Oof. he's having a fight with Steve Perrault, his former co-host. So I just wanted to hear what drama was going on there. And I stumbled upon Carabas um, slamming Clemmer um, mm. on out of nowhere. And, and now I'm thinking, wouldn't it be delightful if Dave Portnoy with the Section 10 IP were to get Chris Clemmer to host Section 10 now? Uh, I think that would be a, a beautiful Pay turn back. of events. I yep. would love that. Obviously, Carabas is a shithead. Clemmer's a great guy. So I would love to see Clemmer do Section 10. And can you imagine how furious Jared would be? That would be the <laughs> best. That would be the best. I mean, he would need to go to the gym five times a day to stop himself from having a breakdown. Yeah. I, I didn't hear that because, you know, Jared, he was okay on the show. But on my Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I did see that the exchanges, you know. Um, so I was wondering what was behind that. I didn't realize he did something on his, uh, on his own podcast. But I think uh, – you know, Clemmer doing a, something on baseball uh, on the, would would be great if he could fit it in somewhere. But it, again, he can't do what someone else is doing. You know, he can't do any like classic movies with with Jeff D. Lowe. And so he's got to be he's got to se maybe separate but stay within those guidelines. So the idea of Dave setting him up as a as a direct competitor and rival to to what Jared did that would be interesting. Mm -hmm. 
I guess one of the problems for Chris is there's lots of people talking Met stuff at Barstool already. Correct. So right, he has to find something new. He'd be voicing the crowd, right? Yep. Uh, Kirk, what did you think of Kirk's attitude towards Clemmer on the day of Portnoy show? Because I sense some animosity, some anger. I mean, Kirk, I think, doesn't want to stand in the way of Chris getting a job because deep down Kirk doesn't, you know, doesn't want someone to be out of a job. He's, he's got a big heart. Um, but I think it was very hard for Kirk to hold himself back. I mean, he said a few things like Clemmer isn't talented and, yep. um, you know, I wouldn't hire him. And then he backtracked and said, okay, you should. Right. What did you think of Kirk? That you were again. You're 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 matching what I was feeling at the time. I was, it's it's what Kirk does. He's upset. He's angry. But he did help set this up, as you pointed out earlier. You know, he did kind of clear the path for for Chris to either fail spectacularly or succeed. Well, he failed spectacularly into a job. So he did. Uh, and he's gonna he's gonna let Chris know about his resentment that you know he doesn't feel appreciated that it was all on him that Chris wouldn't be where he is without him, but. Then he comes back and says, but you know, Dave, you should really hire him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, if you can ride through that, see, Chris had to, that's when Chris was doing the resting bitch face, right? He had to sit through and grimace through the criticism, knowing like Andy Dufresne, after a mile of shit, he's going to come out on the other side. You know? Do you think Chris and Carano went into this whole KMS experience with a clear goal of trying to get a job in content? That's a very good question. Thank now you. With, now with Rome, you know, we're, we're seeing something from from Matt that I didn't expect either. And, and I, Matt's a great guy. You know, I, he's always been very supportive. We, 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 we DM a lot. And he's pointing me in the direction of learning more about, um, you know, libertarianism. But, and, and Bitcoin, by the way, and crypto, by the way. But mm, that that's a thought. That is a thought. The yeah. problem is neither one of them have really grown beyond the KMS fan base. Have they? I don't think they really have. Well, Clem um, is starting to in the last. Oh, well, I think now on Barcelona, he definitely will. Um, I don't know about um, at a theater near me went beyond those of us listening, uh, you know, and maybe those, maybe some of those fans came from quantum week um, that might not have been Mina fans, but became Mina fans and then went on to follow him with at a theater near me. So that's a, that's a point. Yeah. I've not really considered it seriously, but there might be something to that. And then I sort of put some more pieces together and I, I, I noticed a shift in, in Chris's attitude. And you would have heard this on Mina Fandom before because you're a great fan of the show Love and it. now a co-host that, um, that when Justin got offered a job, I, I noticed a shift in Chris Clemmer that I, I think Clemmer saw that the way Clemmer saw it was that, okay, so Kirk would give Justin a job, but not me. See, I, I didn't see that, um, and, I, and I thought it, when you first brought it up, it, it, Justin's filling a different role. And I don't think the, 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 the Minahan pockets are bottomless. So, you know, we don't know what his contract is, you know, with, with Barcelona. No, should we? We don't care. But we do know that um, while his salary might be paid by Barstool, he is paid more and to drive uh, uh, advertisement revenue. But out of his pocket, he was, he was paying Steve and he was paying Mike. And then mm. Mike dropped off and then Steve dropped off. So now he's paying Cullinane. He's pocketing the, the of what he wasn't paying Mike and probably the difference of what he was paying Steve and what he's paying Dave, because I don't think Dave's making the same money. I'd be shocked if he was. 
No. no so way. there was some funds left over that he could throw at Justin in a part-time. Do you really think Justin's making more than $30,000 a year, $25,000, No, but, but I think if Kirk had come to Chris with that same offer and said, hey, look, I've got a, a part-time job here three days a week, 25K a year, Clemmer would have jumped at it. I'm not sure he would. Because first of all, you would make you have to make the commitment to to KMS, which could be limiting unless they did an agreement that hey, Kirk, after a year, I want to start exploring opportunities at Barstool, and you'd have to get his blessing, of course, because now he's your boss, your employer. Um, plus, as we know, the the goddess Laura makes a lot of money, and they can live quite comfortably. Um, and he still has proceeds from his um, wild days in his 30s when he just racked up you know the big bucks. Mm. So I think. Also, the money being offered probably would have been chicken feed unless it was tied with the advertising, you know, promo uh, commission type of deal, which that is his background of sales. So, yeah, I just can't imagine Portnoy is going to throw a lot of cash at Clamour for that job. Uh, I, I'm assuming it would be more, but with more opportunity to sell to a broader audience. I think you, you put Chris, I mean, he had advertisers, had advertisers on each of his two podcasts. Yeah, and different 50, ones, rolling 50, ones. 50 bucks a spot. I mean, it doesn't matter. Adam and I, we've been begging people, you know, dog food yeah, companies, but, anybody. I mean, I mean, as bad as a theater in May is, I mean, it's it, it's, it's not all aboard. And, oh, and dog, fo- dog food would be appropriate um, for a sponsorship for all aboard or like you kitty know, litter or something. Kitty litter, condoms, anything, you yeah. know, with, with, uh, with waste the, management. Uh, yeah, perfect. Yes. Portaloos. Um, we, they won't bite. We're down to $25 for a, a one-minute spot. They won't do it. Mm. So, A no. couple of questions before we move on from the Chris Clemmer fiasco. Um, do you think he will beat the Wilbur on July 16th? I don't think he will. Okay. You think he'll, he'll shun the bright lights of I, Wilbur? <laughs> Painting it in the worst possible light. Mm. I just think he's probably not going to serve as a distraction and um, probably he's going to be working on his own on what what his next moves are. Movies in the millennium. Movies in the millennium. Oh, I don't think. A, I don't think he might be, be the sp- base. He might be the baseball with Frank the Tank. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be out of spite. I don't think he's doing it because you know he's um, he's bigger than than the show now. I just think that um, he's he's going to move on. Yeah, I, I think he's he's definitely trying to put some distance between himself and the Miller fans now. He's you know I've tried to reach out to him about catching up when I'm in the Northeast. He's, he's not really interested now. He's very non-committal. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, to hear you that. know, he's, which is fine. I mean, you know, he's, he's a big star now. I mean, he went on the Dave Portnoy show once he, he went to Barcelona and made a fool of himself. I mean, he's, 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 he's a great guy, big star. Um, uh, and do you think, do you think Chris will ever be back on KMS? Do you think Kirk will rescind and have him in studio once to air all this out? Do you remember how mad uh, Kirk was when when Mike left and then when Steve left? And you thought, I mean, I did. Maybe not, I, mean, I shouldn't speak for you. I thought well, we'll never see, you know, we'll never see Mike Geary again. Or, or you know, Steve is done. So you know, and also we didn't think we'd hear of, hear from Steve again when you know he and Mrs. Robinson are you know touring around in, the, in their striker van throughout the U.S. Southwest and Canada. Uh, and Kirk was really mad and they both came back. So my first inclination is to say, yeah, he'll be back because as angry as Kirk is in six months or a year, he may, he'll be past it and he'll, you know, Chris might, the timing might be right. 
Mm, I agree. With the passage of time, these things become possible. I know with Men as Live or Men of Fandom, I've been enraged at certain people and then a month or so later, you just forget about it and you're, you're playing slap and tickle on Twitter like it never happened. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one Men fan who I think would actually fit in really well at Barstool. He's one Miguel Montante, your friend, your fellow lunatic. When you two get chatting, it's like two fucking lunatics. Sparks are flying, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah but He's the I son I always he, wanted. Yeah. I think Montante, well, he needs a, a father figure. Father so, figure. He could use one, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think Montante would be perfect at Barstool. He yeah. loves gambling. He loves sports. He's, he's someone you could definitely make fun of. Um, he, he's got a sense of humor. I think if you put Montante in a room with like – you know, five other Barstool guys, he would just light that room up. He would, he would stand out. I, I would agree. Yep. Yep. Well, I like the fact that, that Kirk brought him on for like, I don't know if you want to call it an audition. That'd be probably a stretch, but you know, brought him on. The timing was right. You know, he had some business to do in the Northeast and he showed up and he, I thought he did well, you know, they steered away from a lot of his more radical ideas. Uh, I think he'd have, to, he'd have a tough time controlling those because um, Barstool HQ is very, you know, we don't talk yeah. about politics and we do. It's mm. only the liberal side. And, and he'd, have, he'd have a real time struggling with that. Yeah. And there's a lot of booze in that office. So could he, you know, stay off the liquor? You know, he yeah. comes in and gets off the subway at nine in the morning and there's a, you know, a fridge full of beer right next to his desk. You know, how hard would it be for him to abstain and do some work? Or does he just fucking grab the first pop and he's all on day, stool yeah. he's on stool scenes all day that i guess that's the concern but i still think that there's something there with montante it's possible how, how does he segue that through through his contact with nadu actually that might be the way to do it you know maybe montante would fit into that whack pack down in miami um he, he won't move to a state that doesn't have online gambling and florida doesn't have online gambling uh, there's a little thing called a VPN. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they tend to work. I would agree because where he lives, it's very difficult. But um, we have this, you know, we have that down here. In in Australia, you can't gamble on sports in play. Um, so if you want to do that, you have to use a VPN. You do yeah. it before the matches start, but sure, you can't do it say, during a cricket match. And we have, and we have. We have gambling. We have casino gambling here, and and paramutual, you know, uh, uh, horse racing. But um, it's controlled by the Seminole Indian tribe, so they pretty much want to control who, you know, how their gambling product works. So they don't really have any app. You know, um, you know, Penn's not here. None of the uh, DraftKings, none of them are, are legal in Florida yet. It's coming, but not oh, right now. Slow. You you just knocking that microphone with something? It's I did. I'm sorry. I hit it with my hand. Sorry. Yeah, I just read. Red does it all the time with his fat face. So it's creepy. <laughs> um, look, we're going to get into um, Minifan World stuff. We've got listener questions. Then maybe we'll talk about that. my trip. Um, lot, lot to get through. Um, but just, just what your general um, analysis on the state of the main show? You know, how's your general sort of vibe around the main show at the moment? Um, it's it's been a struggle without it for the past week and a half. So it means to me, it's it's good. It's actually very good. It goes through phases, uh, you know, stretches of of a certain type of show, and then it changes. Sometimes it's on a dime. Sometimes it's more gradual. But through every phase, I've very much enjoyed this show. And when he's not, when you have these long stretches of no shows, it does give you uh, opportunities to go back and listen to, you know, uh, a great run of shows. Like I was listening to November of 2019, 
And almost every show during that month, that was back when he was doing five days. Uh, it was fantastic. It was, it, first of all, a lot of strong uh, parody songs. Um, so you, so you had a great run of great songs and great content and just hysterical. And then, you know, the next year during COVID, when you think it's going to get rough, that they might not even be able to do a show in person. Nope. They're doing great shows. They're just ripping on, on what's going on uh, with COVID. Some of them are guessing correctly, like Steve. Um, I know that might bother you, but Steve was, yeah. was uh, guessed correctly on where COVID would go. But every few weeks, maybe few, maybe two months at the most, you get a stretch of, of, Great, similar, funny shows in some, in one context, and then it changes, and it stays just as good or better. Yeah, I stumbled Sorry. onto a. It's okay, Red. Um, I stumbled <laughs> onto a. I, I stumbled onto a classic episode um, last night. Just a random. I just randomly pick one, and uh, August twenty nineteen. It was just after that had the fight with chaps um, about the whole army thing. And, uh, you know, Steve and Kirk were almost fired. And that was a great episode. Um, I think at the moment, at the moment, um, I've accepted the way Carl is. So there's there's some things he's good at, some things he's bad at. Yeah. Uh, and I've just accepted where we're at with Dave Cullinane. Do you, I, I, do, I will ask you this because this does bother me and I, I, I hate to be a critic or, you know, I'd rather, if I didn't like the show anymore, I just stop listening and I disappear. Mm. I'd be one of those. You wouldn't but, go and, the Cause I don't example. really like to openly criticize the show, but one of the things that Steve did, and he did a lot of things that I loved and a lot of things I didn't like. One of the things he did that was fan fucking tastic was collecting the drops. Mm. And it's taken Dave a little long to collect the drops. Do you remember the Steve's drops of all the different what's everyone, you know, like 12 people mm. saying what? I would piss down my leg laughing at that, you know, uh, it, because it was just, <laughs> just all the different ones. Dave doesn't, not only does he not have that, he hasn't even thought of like, maybe I should put something together like that. Because first of all, Kirk thinks they're a riot. So they break him up. They make him laugh. Um, yeah. But uh, I missed that. You know, uh, yeah, I, the Jerry I, drops, right? Mm, Where are I, they? Where I, are the rest of them? I think Dave Cullinane is like a, a beautiful, cute, adorable puppy. Very lovable. You want to rub his ears and everything, but he can only focus on one thing at once. So yeah. I don't know if you remember uh, maybe two months ago, a caller called up and criticized Dave about the drops. So then, you know, he used the drops for two or three weeks. Exactly. Then he exactly. forgot, he's now forgotten about it because that's the way a puppy dog's brain works. You just yeah. forget about things. And and I think that's the way Dave Cullinane is. You know, it's you can't expect him to, you know, do maybe more than one thing at a time, Ned. I mean, if yeah. he's there producing the show, you can't expect him to be like, you know, maybe writing notes of like, oh, there's a good drop here and writing the time code yeah, down. Right. I right. mean, why would you do that? Like, what, you know, if you're the producer and you've got the the track in front of you and you've got the time, why wouldn't you just write down, oh, 10 minutes, 15, good drop, and then later on grab it? I mean, that would make too much sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I think so. And just, you know, just listening to other Barstool shows and getting the, you know, something just like the compilation of the what's were, were fantastic. Mm. Very clever. Um, but yeah, you're right. We, you know, uh, Adam and I called him like he is a nine month old golden retriever puppy. Yes. You know, and that's exactly what he is. You know, he's going to pee on the carpet sometimes. But how mad can you be at him? You know, exactly. On. Just hit him um, on the nose a couple of times. And, you know, I like how I use my analogy back at your analogy back at you. Um, yeah, well, it was our analogy way back. We were, we said that months ago. I think Blind Mike is on a fucking heater. I mean, he is so good at the moment. Mike's fantastic on the show. He's doing great stuff outside the show. Um, 
So I think Mike's in in the best form of his life. I mean, he's batting 500 at the moment. Um, I, I, I support Mike. I listen. I don't, I'm not a Patreon, but I do listen to the free shows. Sorry. Um, he is much better on the show. He does. He sounds more confident, almost like his old self also. And I know this is just a, a petty thing about me, but they, Dave, I, I have to give Dave credit. He's picked up on the fact that Mike's levels have always been so loud. Kirk modulates fine. Steve and Dave and whoever the third Mike is, they all seem fine. But Mike is very loud. And uh, I even mentioned it when I was when I met them, you know, at the shows, like, just lower Mike's. Does anybody else complain about Mike? And it turns out they do. So I guess Dave has done that. Um, but if you go back and listen to the shows before Mike's breakdown, what I mean by, you know, Portnoy emasculating him. Uh, and I think that was in September of 2020. I might be wrong on that, but 2020. Um Mike was hysterical, especially mm. back at the back at the at the uh, the red light, uh, not red light, but the uh, red studios back in Framingham. Fantastic, he was he was very good, um, and then he just hit a spot where he just become he became Kirk's Robin Quivers, um, and then he came back out of it, and then he left the show, and then he came back. So I think he's okay, but a heater batting five hundred, I think that's that's generous. Oh come on! I mean, when Kirk and Mike are riffing. They just bounce off each other so well. Mike can keep up with Kirk. He always knows where Kirk's going with a joke. Uh, yeah, I, I think Mike's in incredible form. Um, and, and yeah, I, I loved Paul Greg Poehler criticizing his co-host on "Why Are You Laughing?" because that is the only thing. "Why Are You Laughing?" could be such a good show. I mean, it is a good show, but it could be five times better if you didn't have those knuckleheads laughing in the background yeah. the whole time. Yeah. No, do we call him Craig on, on uh, why you're laughing or is it? Uh, no, I don't know. They all sound the same to me. Craig's <laughs> okay. on it sometimes and there's like Matt and Mike yeah. and all these idiots from VGS. I don't know who they are. Right. Yeah. So uh, actually the Polar show is a very interesting show. His now, on the other hand, his levels were very low. I barely mm. could hear that guy. And yes. if I, I had I had my earbuds in and I was listening indoors, I could hear it fine, right? But when I would step outside with you know other noise yeah, outside, noise, ambient noise. Hear yeah, I was like, what the hell's going on? But uh, uh, it, it was a good. It was it was an interesting show. I am going to try to uh, find his when my wife gives me time with the remote uh, to find his show, uh, the one he's doing in Sweden. But um, it was it was interesting, and I thought Mike handled himself. No, Mike wasn't on that show, right? But they were talking about him. And Mike would be. And Mike was on that show. Mike there. was on that show. It was Mike and Greg in studio that day. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I should have been better prepared. So shame on no, me. That's okay. But um, uh, I think that um, I, I don't think Mike's in the heater that you think he is. He's, but he's good. And I, I see where you're coming from, but I just don't agree. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, Greg Polish shows good, mate, in Sweden. I've watched a season it. and a half, and um, it's very funny. Got some good guests, and uh, yeah, it's my sense of humor. Um, I want to move on to the Minifan world stuff, but a quick question before we do that. Tell me, what did you do for your 60th birthday? Did you go to a restaurant for the early bird special, you know, 5.30 dinner? <laughs> no, 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 no. Worked a full day. You know, I, I had, I, you know, didn't tell anyone at work it was my birthday. Um, and then just uh, had dinner with uh, my kids and their kids, and, and I had to pay for it, so it was great. Oh, yeah, happy birthday. I'm not a birthday guy. I never make a big deal for my birthday. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we won't make any more of a big deal about Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate you want that. to play it down, especially um, did did 
did the lovely wife buy you a nice gift or you know birthday she sex did. or birthday she, sex? Yep, she did everything yep all, all that and more yep good great i gotta uh, never mind I won't tell. yeah let's okay we all know what you were thinking um yeah. right let's get into the minifan world stuff let's do that um so uh first thing is the middle ladies had a lingerie party on the weekend i don't know if you I saw, saw it, that but, uh, very jealous um, no one allison b&b yeah. and lauren got together and uh you know, had a pillow fight, um, you yep. know, had a bath together, drinking, you know, throwing bubbles at each other, yeah. just crazy stuff. So I wish you know, I'd been there. When, when summer kicks in, manners in New England, things just, you know, they're all pent up all winter, you know, dressed, bundled up in clothes. When as soon as it gets warm, they go crazy. Yeah. So looking forward to meeting them. I thought they all looked terrific. They um, did. They did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, all the boards um, on my list of things. So I'm enjoying, I, I actually don't, I think you've done a really sensible thing. You've segmented off the KMS part of the show. So I, I listen intently to you and Adam talking about KMS. And I have to say, um, you are a, a wonderful man continuing to work with Adam for all these years. <laughs> oh, God. A, a really wonderful man, uh, a, you know, beautiful, beautiful nature. And and I do enjoy you and Adam talking about KMS. Did you two enjoy that part? Oh, yeah. No, we do. And that was deliberate because, um, um, you know, Adam's not completely self-unaware, uh, although he can act that way. Um, he knows that he, the world has to revolve around him and his stories. So we make it a, a clear point that we do the KMS, you know, on YouTube, on the on the network. None of the personal crap. We save that for the other show. We can go long on the other show. On this one, we stick it to KMS topics. We go no more than thirty minutes, and we try to do less than that, so mm -hmm. that we just you just get a drop. And then if you want more on a different topics, because I love talking all things, you know, men of fandom. Um, so uh, we could we you know we can talk about anything. So that's what we want to go for more uh, more content. Good. I might trademark men of fandom. So you might you should trademark exactly. Um, I've noticed a couple of times, and I'd be curious if this ever happened under the Steve Robinson area, but Dave Cullinane's forgot to post your show. It's maybe yes. happened twice. Um, yes. Very odd that when there's no shows on the network, you would forget to post one because it really, <laughs> you can just sort of set them, you know, load them up and set them to release and then they're done. That, that, that's strange that Dave yeah. would do that. So, you know, Adam's also a night owl, right? So I'm not, I'm not sure if, if everyone is aware of that because I'm sure that's a, their, a huge question in their minds. So when we finish, <laughs> so we'll figure we do 30 minutes. We do it you know, right through. So we do about an hour, you know, 45, you know, an hour and 15 minutes combined. Um, then he breaks it up and he sends off and and he, we don't, he doesn't have to do much editing. Sometimes we'll drop music in. Sometimes he'll remove things. He'll will timestamp some things that he wants out or that I'll want out or something. Um, and then boom, he sends it off. He usually sends it off that evening, uh, you know, to Dave. And then I would say, as you point out twice in the past, like I want to say month of shows, he's, he's missed the deadline and he missed it pretty badly last week. Right. Didn't get up till mm. Friday. Yeah, I mean Adam's already on Shabbat, and it was old I mean, news. Just, it was it was old news by then as well. And and exactly, so Adam and I are also conspiring in the back thing. Is this purpose because it purposefully done because we'd like to, you know, be stay current and you know cover the most recent show, whether it might might even be that day, um, and make sure we get it in. We both check. Did you listen to the show? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. We're gonna talk about this. To delay it by two days kind of undercuts the uh, the impact, the huge impact that all the board has across you know the Minifan world. Yeah, I mean, I've been heavily, 
been heavily criticised for wanting to have some role in managing the network. And you know, obviously, if you know, if I had some capacity to post shows, I wouldn't ever let all aboard um, fall by the wayside and be so oh, disrespectful. I I thought you were going to say you would never let all aboard get on the airwaves. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, you know, if, if if BAP and the False Nine can go up on the network, then all aboard should definitely go up there. Well, you know from listening to, from hate listening to our show, that we, both of us, have been advocates for you to take over that role. Mm. Something needs to be done with the with the KMN on YouTube. Um, Steve had it and did started great, but then lost interest. It waned. Uh, it never really picked back up. Who was in there? Nustin? Did he try? I don't think so. Even Justin was trying, but yep. he couldn't do it either. And that's no fault against them. It must be a lot of work. But Dave is not the guy, and he should easily, easily delegate that off to someone, you know, fourteen hours away, and who can who can do it in the off hours. You know, you don't yep. have to do it right away. It's you know, you're literally a day away from us. Yeah. So I don't understand why, unless it's out of spite, which I think it is. That they Maybe. don't just 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 suborn that all to you and let you take care of it. Mm, sad to see once great networks start to die yeah. slowly, die on the also, line, I, I guess. Honestly, I'd also like the fact that you'd be able to crack the whip and, and maybe demand better quality out of the shows that are being put out. Mm, yeah. You know, or you don't get, you know, and to be honest, Adam and I we're kind of lazy. We do topics, you know, we do a we do a, a you know, uh we, we do through WhatsApp, we we cover the topics we want to cover and we fight over the I don't want to do this one, I'm tired of doing that one, let's do that. Fine, but that's all we do, and we're getting kind of lazy, right? Yeah, as, as you I pointed out, the quality isn't that good. But mm. no one's really doing big productions since um, since um, um, better than it used to be, which was the best production. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I enjoyed you and Adam going through your summer plans in great detail on the last <laughs> all aboard. Um, you know, I'm glad Only I know you. when it, I'm, I'm glad I know when Adam's kids are going to camp and coming back. Um, and that was actually where I was listening to your plans, and oh, so I didn't funny. hear a, a visit to the Wilbur, and I was like, "This yeah. fuckhead is not coming to the Wilbur." Yeah, yeah. No, I got, uh, I got, I got tied up. I got, I had the ticket. I was going to go, and then my tell wife you, had made some last minute plans. And tell then, your wife I Tell you why I said fuck off. <laughs> but the you know the problem too is I just started a new job, so yeah. it's, I'm two months into the job, so I'm using my holiday time for August and Maine, you know, at, the, right. at our house. So, so the plans, you know, I really it was it was a it was a Sophie's choice, right? But the um, mm. only you could make a compliment sound like an insult, or maybe an insult sound like a compliment. But that was that was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, now uh, moving on to some more Minifan World stuff, I was listening to the Blind Mike project. Yep. And Mike Geary had the wildest take on Roe versus Wade. And I don't want to get into Roe versus Wade, but his take was basically he's blaming blaming women for Roe versus Wade being overturned because he said men don't really care about Roe versus Wade. But if all the women agreed that um, it's on the if all the women agreed on the abortion issue, this would never happen. I mean, it was the dumbest thing yeah. I've ever heard. I mean, yeah. Um, that's all I want. I just needed to get that out because I was listening to it. Like, you know, Mike always blames the the victim in a sexual assault thing. He always yeah. defends the assaulters. And in this case, I'm telling you, Mike, it is not women's fault. Like, yeah. it is so dumb. The worst, it's probably the worst take I've ever heard him say. Yeah. Well, you have to think of his influences too. And I'm not going to defend him at, at all because he's a product of the 
you know, Massachusetts public school system. So there you go. But, mm. um, you know, maybe Alba has been influencing him. I, I don't know, but I thought it was quite bizarre as well. It, it, they're not well thought out. No. Um, so I, I would also, suggest- you notice too, though, when, when Michael also runs up against resistance to his criticism, he caves almost not as bad as Cullinane, you know, not like you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But you know, he, he changes too. So how, how hard is that belief? Probably not very hard. Mm. Um, and I just had to put that out there because I mean, it was one of the wildest things I've ever heard. I'm pretty sure on the Supreme court, they're mainly men as well. Like there's five, isn't there? Uh, there are, yeah, there are enough. There are five today. We have another one added today. Another female. All men, all men, or female? Like no, no, no. Um, one, two, three, four, five men, four women. Okay, so, um, it is pretty. It's pretty um even then. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think women are the problem here, Mike. Um, do you ever listen to Beyond Average podcast? I did on the network. Yeah. Yeah, it's um really not good. Uh, yeah. I I I listened to the most recent one, and they they spoke about KMS for about forty minutes. And as soon as they move off KMS, I switch it off. And and the way it always goes is Mick talks about KMS, and Christian sort of half reacts because yep. he only sort of half knows what's going on. But right. Interesting. Uh, they were I obviously they obviously recorded before the Dave Portnoy show because they thought. Clemmer had completely fucked his chance at Basel, and they were very critical of Clemmer. Um, but then, you know, I reckon like the, after they recorded, he put the Day Portno show came out. So it turned out that whatever happened, somehow Chris has landed on his feet. Um, but yeah, look, Christian hates Red. He says Red has D cup titties. Um, <laughs> And um, you know, Mick said he's not gonna he's not going anywhere. He and Christian are a partnership, despite me and Red suggesting Mick finds a new co-host. Um and, and Mick made a, a point that I don't support Minifan content. I, I would say I'm the biggest supporter of Minifan content. You know, I listen to Beyond Average podcast just for this show. You know, like no one enjoys that show, no one listens yeah. to it for entertainment. I do it because I'm a hard worker. Exactly. Because you're pretty thorough and you listen. So we don't have to, mm. I mean, I, I, I will guarantee you that more people listening to men of fandom uh, only know of us. It'll probably don't listen to Adam and I, they probably don't. They just know yeah. us from you. And I don't think your support or criticism has garnered one extra download. So, you know, it, it, it you do what you do uh, Herculean or, I think that's the way to pronounce it. Herculean work, carrying the Napole- load for all of us. Napoleonic. I think Napoleonic work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, Christian was very scathing no. of me and Red. Um, and then, I mean, there's it's a point in BAP where Mick goes to get a water and Christian just sits there looking at the camera, not saying anything, not, not, you know, not talking to the audience, not making yeah. any quips or yeah. anything, just like a fuckhead because yeah. he's got no brain. He needs Mick to hold his hand. And, um yeah, just yeah. Anyway, look, I love those guys. I think you covered I, this on Men of Fandom for last week. What? I think you covered all this on. This is all very familiar to me. You covered all this on Men of Fandom. Last I cover week. it every week. We cover it every week. No, I but just, I mean that this specific episode because I remember you talking about. Oh no, no, this is the a guy new one. leaving this is a new at the one. looking at no, no, the camera. A, no, this is a new one. <laughs> he, sure? he literally he sat there because um, I, I clipped the the audio the picture. It's on Men of Fandom's Twitter if you want to yeah. look at it, and then. You know, Christian's reply was, oh, yeah, I wish I'd picked my nose at this point. 
I mean, what a cre- what a creative fucking genius. Anyway, um, that's the network for you. Yeah, sadly, that's all there is, right? That's it. Mm, yeah. All right, let's move on to listen. Have you got anything you want to talk about with the show or the Minifan world before we get into the questions? Um, I think that that I, I will just say this, and, and I, I don't give a shit about the criticism, but the floor uh, is yours, Ned. The floor. Th- thank is you, yours thank you, thank you, Red. Sixty-year-old Minifan. <laughs> yeah. I think that the the Clemmer thing has kind of sent a rift in the in the in the Minifan world. Uh, I don't know how many uh, you know chats you're in. Um, I'm not in that many. I'm really not Zero. in that many. And there are oh really? I'm in the Wade chat. That's it. Do you want to come into the the original chat that Kirk's in? I can pull you uh, in. Yeah, yeah, pull me in. To add, me in. Adam will hate it. Actually, yeah, so add, everybody else. In. Now that I think add, add me in for my trip, and then I'll leave. When I leave. <laughs> and then yeah, maybe we'll do that. Um, but there's been a distinct fallout and 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 rift, and I've been accused of carrying water for Chris. And it seems like if you support, if you you know you want to see, I listen. If you were to go to fucking Barstool, I'd be like, fucking Menners went to Barstool, good for him. You know, I mean, I'd be very supportive of everybody in this world. This is my stance from the very beginning. If you like Kirk and you're not a total asshole, like there's only like two or three that we know of, right? The rest of the people are freaking great, and you want the best of them. You want them to succeed in whatever they try. So the fact that people are kind of being vindictive because they're assuming that that uh, Chris did something for his own personal gain off of Kirk or Chris has no talent and doesn't deserve the shot. I see that as well. It's uh, bullshit. We should all be happy for Chris, whether he succeeds or he fails. If he fails, have him try again. If he succeeds, we all succeed. What's you know, I don't see what the problem is. So this Clemmer thing has done has put a rift in the world that I don't I don't really like. And I think that animosity comes from the way Chris sometimes presents himself, presents himself, whether it's intentional, but as I said, I think he just comes across now as a little bit better than, and, um, you, you know, all, all of a sudden, you know, he's, you know, putting a distance between him and the Minna fans and KMS and, uh, yeah, I, that's where I think that comes from. But I also agree with you in one sense that in the end, you know, I, I want some, if someone gets a good job, I'm happy for them, you know, sure. I would exactly. hate to see Chris fail. Um, that maybe that's not exactly true, but um, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> All right, let's get into the questions. Let's go. We got some. I saw some good ones. Okay, this is from Andrew. In two years, who is employed by Barstool? Kirk, Chris, both, or neither? You go first, Ned. That was a very good question. I, I that was one of the early ones too, right? That you dropped this uh, yesterday morning, our time, I believe. Yep. Uh, so that was one of the first ones into the gate. Um, I don't think it's going to be Kirk. So Kirk is out. I think it's it's it, it's going to be. I hate to say it, it's going to be Clemmer because he knows a good thing and he's going to be down here. No, I think it. Uh, I mean, I'd love Ned and um, Chris catching up in Florida, but yeah, I think it'll be Kirk. <laughs> I, I, I think Kirk will still be there. He'll be. He'll, he'll two years. He'll, yeah. I, I, yep. Two years. I think he'll still be there up next summer. I think it'll be if he's not doing KMS, he'll be doing the case or full time. But yeah, and and, and Clemmer will be gone. You think Clemmer will wash out? Yeah, I just think Dave Portnoy will get sick of him after a little while. Um, KMS Reddit uh, on Ned and Adam's last show, they both made a strong case for Clemmer and touched on criticisms of Kirk. 
How much of that was based off communications with Clemmer in the DMs? Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good question. I was tempted to actually answer that, then I realized I should save it for the show. Uh, the answer is zero. <laughs> I mean, no, we, that's, we, uh, Adam and I, like I said, we, we, I know you don't believe this, but we do preparation. We do some preparation for, before the show, nothing, um, nothing staged or prefabricated to nothing. Everything is genuine, but we did want to talk about that. So we had some chats, you know, what did you think about, um, uh, about, you know, what was going on? So we did talk about it before, but not in DMS. No. And not with Chris. We didn't talk to Chris at all. We've been begging Chris to come on, but you know, he's got better things to do. So you and Adam haven't been playing slap and tickle with Chris in the DMS. No, no. And have you heard anything from Chris, you know, any, any, and and how, what do you think's the underlying feeling? What what do you, what's the vibe you get in that correspondence? Um, that he knows that he's been gifted a good thing. Uh, I sent him when he when he got when he when he went off. I sent him like, hey, good luck. Just be yourself, and and you know, and, and you'll do great. And he's like, all it was was you know, thanks. It wasn't like a thumbs up. It was like you know, you know, thanks, Ned. You know, appreciate it. Then when he washed out, I was like, hey, you know, pick yourself up. There'll be other things you did fine. You did the best you could. You have nothing to be ashamed of. He goes, oh, no, thanks a lot. I, it was a lot I'm ashamed of, and he was, you know, beating up on himself. That was it. That's okay. it. And I don't, I can't speak for Adam, but I, I maybe Adam's DM'd him, but I don't think, uh, I think that's the extent, you know. So, no deep right. conversations. Uh, I believe you. Thousands wouldn't. Um, Melissa <laughs> Gorman. How did each of you meet your spouses? Was it a meet cute situation like Dave Cullinane? Oh boy. Well, I'll go first. One. Yes, um, go please. I met, the floor is yours. I, met, I met my wife in the fair city of Amsterdam in Europe. I, my wife was working with my brother and I went to visit my brother. And until then, I didn't believe in love at first sight. But after that meeting, I, I do now because, um, it, you know, it was love at first sight and, we then ended up spending, you know, the next three days together and, uh, you know, it was, wasn't all smooth sailing. I had to come back and finish uni and blah, blah, blah. But um, long story short, we've been married over 20 years now. And, yeah, you know, I don't believe um, that that love at the first sight continues in the same way over a long time. But um, I'm really lucky. You should be. There is something to it. Can I ask where in Amsterdam? In in down uh, inside the dam or out in the suburbs? Where not where far from um, the dam square. We were in a um, the red light district at a nightclub there. Um, yeah, I went to yep. I went to go to a party to meet my brother, and she was there, and we skinned up Boom. a joint, and uh, off we went. That's fantastic. Mine's, uh, mine is was love at first sight. It was actually, do you, you recall the scene from Godfather 1 when Michael sees Apollonia? Mm. And he just he stops and stutters for a minute, and so does she. And that's what happened to, to my wife and I. Um, February of 1982. That's how long ago. And it was we were at the beach. Oh, it's beautiful. And then it's very she easy in, to believe. She was involved with someone. <laughs> she was involved with someone, and I was still in college. I was actually down for spring break, actually, from college. So, uh, yeah, we, um, uh, it was before text messaging. It was before, uh, you had to actually make a phone call, you know, a real yep. phone call. So I uh, got her my number and, and she called me and, uh, next time I came down, we got together. And from then on, it's been, we've been joined at the hip hips. It's a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. 
a rather a rather touching moment in for Minna fandom that last question it, it was since i totally thought that the Cullinane situation was a waco you know all these couples getting together living together <laughs> then you know end up you know having marrying having kids raising each other's kids Whew. okay david koresh is written all over that but okay <laughs> all right let's bring the mood down we've got a question from mike montante <laughs> here we go this is this is to me would you rather look like ned but sound like you or be sound like ned but look like you thanks i'll hang up and listen so so michael montante i am very happy with the way i look and sound yep so fuck you for trying to insult me but <laughs> given a choice i would obviously take Ned's devilish good looks and still sound the same just so I could be a bit of a, a pants man for a while. But it's, but I'll take your age anytime. I'd love to lose yeah. 20 years. Yeah. yeah. 16 now. I'm, I'm, I'm officially I'm, fucking I'm, I'm old. Only, I'm only 15 years younger than you. So still, I'll take it. 45 was prime okay. for me. 45 right. to 55 was great. After 55. Right. Yeah. I want to look like Ned when he was 45, not now. There we I go. I should clarify. Um, <laughs> Right, this question from Robert California. How responsible is Red for the clamor that we have now? The constant pumping him up created a monster. That monster is now going to run rampant all over Miami. So, Robert, um, really good comment you made there. But I have to say, I in particular have been pumping Chris's tires for a long time. So I'm equally as responsible. I was pushing very hard for Chris to be on the main show. Those who've listened to Minna Fandom, Menas Live, Mornings with Menas, um, Menas to Midnight, um, anyway, all those shows. All those will know that shows. I, or will know that I, good, good one, um, will know that I have been pushing for Chris. So I, I can't criticise Red for that. I mean, no one could have predicted this turn of events. I have to agree, Uh you both have been very supportive of him, you know, listening to men of fandom, like, you know, you've had your occasional justified criticisms on your opinion of uh, the, the games he brings. Um, I found it most, for the most part, enjoyable, but you had some valid points, but no, I, I think you both have been supportive. Is he the, created the monster he is now? I think Mr. California went uh, a little too far. Besides, yeah, they'll be in from- South Beach. No one's going to notice them. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, all right. Billboard chart guy. Question for Ned: Help slip Franklin or estimated slash eyes? Now I'm yeah. guessing this is a Grateful Dead song. Yeah. I put this in with some trepidation because I'm a bit of a deadhead myself. Yeah. What What is he asking? Which songs you like? What would decipher? No, the the Dead would string together. Those are three songs on the first group, and there are two songs on the second group, and they're rather extensive plays. So you're looking at about thirty minutes of music each, and for periods during their playing time. They would play Help on the Way, Slipknot, and then Franklin's Tower, which would mm. run for almost 30 minutes in three different songs, but they'd go right into each other beautifully. What I asked, and oh, by the way, the next group was just two songs, Estimated Prophet and Eyes of the World, um, two fantastic songs. Um, but I asked him if he could specify, can you give me you know, years or are you going to ask me for favorite shows? Um, the first one um, with, with Help, Slip, and Franklin is, um, I think I got it, is... Uh, August 13th, 1975 is the, the best version I've ever heard. I have that uh, on one of the albums. And then uh, Estimated Prophet and Eyes of the World. I was kind of torn on that. I liked the earlier versions before, and I couldn't really pick one. So I think I gave him a 1974 show. Okay. 
Great. I'll edit That's that all. question Thanks. out. Thanks. Thanks for indulging okay. me in that. I'm gonna edit that one out. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, woke stool. Does Kirk really believe that plugging Chris's podcast was fair compensation from a revenue perspective? It doesn't matter if we had six or six hundred listeners. The plugs weren't adding multiple blocks of ten thousand plus new listeners. I mean, woke stool. You're, you. This is the dumbest question. I don't know who you are. Um, but I mean, this is the maybe the dumbest question. Chris is on the verge of getting a job at Barstool and being yeah. Dave Portnoy's fucking offsider. I mean, Chris is going to the moon. I would say that is one thousand percent because of the opportunity Kirk gave him. So yeah. yes, the whole thing's fair compensation. Correct. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Chris is going back to unpack the dishwasher. I thought it was a good question, but I think you answered it the way I would have as well. It was like, no, this was absolutely fair, uh, fair compensation. So I actually read that question uh, not as uh, it being dumb, but as being a legit question. And yes, this is where he is now because of of not being paid. This is absolutely fair uh, compensation. And Chris would say that. Absolutely. No one is forcing you to go into that fucking studio. If For free. Exactly. Want, if, if Chris didn't want to do it, he could have said to Kirk at any time, I really appreciate the opportunity, but I can't continue to commit yeah. to this unless I'm being compensated. Yeah. And Kirk would have said, hit the fucking bricks, dickhead. But anyway, yeah. um, this is from Andy Mayo. Is Clemmer's journey to Barstool the craziest occurrence in KMS history? It's wild. It is wild. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, it is. It, no, nobody saw that coming. No, no. That was always teased, right? As joked about, but you never thought it would happen. No. And, and I don't think, uh, I don't know if it's the craziest occurrence in KMS history. I mean, it's, it's one of the more bizarre ones. Um, yeah. But there have been lots of moments in KMS where you're just like, what the fuck? Like fucking when Donnie Trump was on. No, the, the best one was... Um, you know, I have cancer. Oh, yeah. That one blew me the fuck away. Hey, you know, Steve, call my old number, you know, and Bill Ricca. Blah, 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 and you get this woman in the hospital. He starts a conversation. The woman's, by the way, she was 60, dying of, of lung cancer. She was a mm. smoker, too. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable moment. That, to me, is the 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 craziest moment. Uh, uh, there's no way you could have faked that or, or set that up. No way. So Chris is that, but Chris going, uh, someone going to Barstool is wild, but not the most wild. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it is pretty wild. All right. Hit the post. Any interest in ice hockey? Now, I think those shithead min cells have started some ice hockey show. Obviously never seen it, yeah. but I will say HTP, as I call them, hit the post. I do like ice hockey. It's probably my second favorite american sport and at the venue it's so much fun i'd love to go to a bruins game one day but i've seen uh, a game in washington live yeah i'll go baseball ice hockey nfl basketball so yeah I'm, i like some interest what about you yeah. third favorite after football and baseball hmm. always has been are you a sporty guy do you watch sport? um not as much as i used to I, I, not as much. I, actually, Kirk kind of ruined it for me, to be honest. I used to be Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, twenty four seven all throughout the whole season, listening to sports talk like you, like you were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and after a while, it was just like once I deleted the the EEI and ninety five ninety eight five app off my phone, it was done. Right, I mm-hmm. don't give a shit. So. I still like the baseball hour with Maz. Um, oh, do you you do listen to that? 
Yeah, I like Maz. I just there's something about Maz that um, I find endearing. Hmm. Um, all right, Steve Robinson Subaru. How do you plan on evading Justin's security measures in order to sneak into the Wilbur? This one's for you. Mm, well, I I did muse um, wearing a dress, and I saw the beautiful tight yellow dress that Lauren was wearing yeah. um, with the Minna ladies before they got into the lingerie, and I you know, maybe I could borrow that. I'm sure I could slip into it, although she's got a very good figure. So maybe have to loosen it a little. So yeah, but you know, some of the women there don't want to, they want to see me come as a man. Um, so I don't know. I think hat glasses, um, but Fake mustache. I, I, I don't think Justin will be there. I don't think I'm really banned from the Wilbur. I think you're hundred percent correct. Um, but if you have a ticket, the guy tearing the ticket, they don't know your ticket number. Uh, is it under your name? Nope. It's under someone else's name. Then you are, bought you me are the ticket. Go- you are golden. Um, also speaking of Justin, do you think his feud with Clemmer will result in a rough and rowdy match? No. Yeah. Thank nope. you. All right. This is from Dale Williams. If an NH cast episode happens while you're with Chris and Ethan, what good. will you bring to the episode? Well, Dale, it, nice of you to write in. And yep. those of you who listened to the last episode of Minifandom will know that there was a, a mystery gift sent to Ethan for, on my behalf. And I wasn't sure where it came from, but the the mystery has been solved. One, Dale Williams. It was Dale. Sent, sent wow. Ethan the gift via some hands. So I don't know if it like went studio to Clemmer to Ethan. But there was a little trail for it to get to Ethan. So thank you, Dale. It's it's not strange at all sending someone a gift on another man's behalf, but I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> also, he spelled Ethan wrong in the text. Did you see it in the in the tweet? I mean, E-E-T- he's, he's, he's in the army. He's barely yeah, literate, so yeah. it's a be be nice. He's a great um, guy. Very good guy. We had a good time at uh, Saco Three. Yeah, I, I believe he's not going to beat the Wilbur. Yeah, he's um, heading off on another tour, so that's um, really sad. But yeah, thank you, Dale. Um, and look, if if we if I manage to record an NH cast episode, uh, my plan is let's relive some great NH NH cast moments. Do we do a movie and dinner? Do we do a town visit? Uh, they're the sort of things I want to do. You know, maybe Chris Ethan, Ethan and I check out a town in New Hampshire and then we record afterwards our yeah. episode. Or maybe a di- dinner and a movie would be perfect because then we could sort of hit all the hit all the stuff. Um, that's what I'm thinking. You know, he was the hit of the, the well, remember Kirk Minahan was there as well, but Ethan was the hit of the live uh, Quantum Week show in Dover, New Hampshire. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When it came down, when Chris introduced him as he's coming before the show, Chris introduced him like down, down one side. Everybody, oh, my God, it's Ethan. Oh, it was a big deal. So, yes, Menors, this hand is shaking the hand of, of Ethan. Yeah. So jealous. Great so guy. Jealous, really. Great. Um, Just like in, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes. You know, he was a hero worth meeting. Hopefully it happens for me. Um, all right. Last question. This is from Red. Um, who's taking the week off. Are we really to believe that Clemmer couldn't come in that week of shows because of a basketball game? Why continue that narrative? That is clearly a lie. Ned, why, why is Clemmer lying to us? That's a, that's a good question. I don't think he is lying, but it is, it, as we both said earlier, for those of you who, who are joining late, we already agreed that that was a very lame excuse that not mm. skipping that whole week. Um, and he, I think he knows it too. 
So to answer Red's question, no. Do we really believe it? No. But okay. I can't explain Good. what it. I can't explain what it really was. And, and if you know you're a, a wise man, a, you know a senior figure uh, in the Minifan world, what, what what would you say to Chris? You know, what advice would you give Chris? You know, he's, he doesn't have a father anymore. You right. know, how would how should Chris handle this new this new path that he's treading while not upsetting the people he's left behind? Well, first of all, you'd have to, he's got the support of, of Laura, right? That's what he needs. So if he's got that, the rest is really up to him. And I would say don't blow the opportunity that you have, but be yourself. Don't be someone you're not. Don't you know the guys that we've been we've been uh, talking about, uh, you know, and, and, you know, debasing themselves uh, just because they're at Barstool and they're 26 years old. You know, he doesn't have to do that. And I hope he doesn't do that. He he can he can succeed on his own merit. I know you don't you don't believe that, but I think he can. Okay. So that would be my Did advice. It. Go ahead and do it. You won't get another opportunity like this. Shoot for the stars. That's the advice from Ned Snark. Uh, well, that's the listener question segment. Thank you very much, uh, everybody, for sending in your questions. We've got about five or so minutes. Are you heading off to record all aboard after this? Uh, I haven't heard back from Adam, so oh, I don't good. think so. so. Good. So there's no hard out. So, um, well, look, just we'll just quickly do our what are you watching segment. You know, what are you watching? Black and white films, westerns. I love Lucy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all what, of those. What, what, what have you been watching? <laughs> Thanks for giving me that credit. Well, we finished uh, season four, Stranger Things. Disappointed. Didn't yep. didn't didn't care for it. Um, I am in a bit of a battle with the wife because season six of Peaky Blinders, the last season, has dropped. I've my lined wife, that up. I've lined that up for my plane trip. I've downloaded all the episodes. Well, I've lined it up for the week my wife was going to be in Texas because she hates Peaky Blinders. Mm. And she went with me through seasons one and two, but then when season three, she's like, nope, I I you know, and she rules the roost. We watch what she wants, which is Mad Men and um uh Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and The Sopranos endlessly, which I can't really complain, right? So you don't want what well, you don't watch new shows? No. No. Not really, not really. She's like she's a fan of um The Walking Dead and and the uh the follow-up to that show, which I okay. hate zombies. Same. Besides, I'm usually reading a book. I'm not really paying attention. I mean, you do a show with a zombie anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, look, uh what have I been so, watching? Stranger Things was the newest thing for me. Okay, yeah. I, I'm not a Stranger Things fan. Neither am I. Uh, now my final rating for Kenobi is six out of ten. Um, the, the Kenobi series finished that also watched, I saw two movies in the last week. I saw buzz the, the new Pixar film. I enjoyed that. Really enjoyed buzz. Was that with the kids? And, yeah. With the kids, not by yeah. myself. Come on. No, well, and, you got to clarify that. And, uh, I saw minions last night, the whole family went, um, and that was hilarious. Great film. Uh, but that's it. I've been sort of busy. Yeah, I've been tying up all my loose ends at work before my vacation. So there hasn't been a lot of time for watching TV shows. The, the cricket's been on. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I've downloaded a lot of stuff for my plane trip. Peaky Blinders is one of them. Gaslit is another one. Gaslit, the show about the Watergate scandal with oh, Julia nice. Roberts and Sean Penn. Um, I listened to the podcast Slow Burn that it's based off, so going to watch that on the plane. I mean, I've only got like 15 hours. Uh, That's it. I only got a 15-hour flight to LA and then two-hour stopover and then another six hours to Boston. So can you can you share the details or is it you don't want to? 
alerting. No, no. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to give flight numbers and times. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I'm, I'm flying. Uh, yeah, fly from Sydney to LA, and yeah. then from there to Boston. Um, on the same yeah, airline. Got, yeah, on the same airline, so and I got Delta. bumped up. What you did? I got bumped up to Economy Plus. Nice. A, That's a big help. They made a small mistake in the booking, so they kindly put me up. Oh, right. Um, okay, nice. Yeah, and then when I – so I land in Boston and I've got four or five days just to get my feet on the ground, hopefully catch up with a few minute fans that are in Boston. Then the plan is to hire a car and I'm heading out into the country to see May- Andy Mayo, one of the, the great minute fans. So have you already got your car arranged? No, I'm, no, I haven't got any contacts. So it's not that. It's just that um, during COVID and post-COVID, the leasing companies across the U.S., all the big ones, sold off their fleets. And I think they sold right. them to like Latin America and African countries. So there's been a there's been a relative in, – in Florida, it's the same thing. There's been a shortage of cars, of rented cars. And where traditionally you can get a, you know, a, a, a Prius – for 20 bucks a day. And then, you know, you've got taxes and fees mm. on top of that. So you're looking maybe like $50 a day and then, and then gas. Um, there, it's now like uh, at least $110 a day, 150 That's, that's, day. that's what it's looked like. When so I've it's, been... they're getting more expensive and they're not, they're not everywhere. You know, they're not, no. that was my thing. Last time I was up in Boston, I went to rent a car and it's like, there were none available. So, okay. I took a train. Oh, that's no good. I better book one then. I, I have been checking. There's a few around, but I'll, I'll probably book one after this. But you're right; they're not cheap. They are not and, cheap. And you know, to the uh, there's a the the rent a car center is um, the main companies can be found at the airport right there. No, very convenient. Mm-hmm. But then there are others. You might get better deals, but you might have to leave the airport and go off airport to to those. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm actually not picking up at the airport because the last oh. thing you want to do is. Um, when you've been on a flight for a day and have to drive on the other side of the road for the first time. So I've given myself a few days cause I haven't driven on the right side before, uh, but the, the, I've got a, you know, I'm in a unique position. I obviously need one with a particularly high seat. So whether it's got a, like a, a child's chair or, you know, something just so I can see over the dashboard. So I'm sort of limited in my choices. Um, otherwise, you know, it's very hard for me to see over the steering wheel. Sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, and then uh, I was gonna I was gonna ask you, are you coming over on a US airline? Yes, yeah. Okay. If it's the one I'm thinking of, I'll give you my Wi-Fi password. Oh please. Which I think uh, works internationally because they they have two programs, domestic and international. So I would love that. If it works, um, great. If not, don't worry about it. Well, yeah. I mean uh, and then so I head to Mayo out, and then I'm sort of got the car. I'm gonna try to drive up through New Hampshire. Um, wave at Chris because you know he won't want to come near him in a fan, <laughs> and then I'll I'll head into Maine, and I'm just going to jet around. I mean, I, I sort of was looking at all the distances. It's not none of the drives are that far. No, you know, a couple of hours, and I, I don't want to spend all day in the car, so that works perfectly for me. Yeah. Um, and then sort of you know do a bit of a drive for four or five days, and then end back back in Boston the Thursday before the Wilbur, and then it's. Um, you know, all preparation for the Wilbur. But obviously, you know, if I'm called into studio, yeah. drop everything. If Kirk says, You're ready to go. Kirk, come into studio, bank. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'll be I'll be straight there at the drop of a drop of a hat. So you're doing the right plan, right? The, you know, you're going to spend a few days local in case the phone rings. Then you're going to go out and do this visit. You're going to head up to Maine. Now, uh, unless you're going out to see, uh, you know, Lauren in, you know, I think she's up in Auburn. She's in the middle of the state up there. Um, she's not in Auburn. I just don't want to 
don't want to dox her. Yeah. But that's the furthest away you'll get from Boston. And that'll probably be like five hours. So if you start heading back, you know, TJ's in South Portland. I'm not sure where, where Red is. Tim Riggles is in uh, Gunkwood. He's down further south. So on your way back, you can see everyone. And then yeah. be right there when, when, in case the phone rings. Once you're into New Hampshire, you're an hour and a half to the studio maximum. Yeah. So, yeah, just taking it free and easy. I mean, one of the great things about traveling by yourself without a family is you can kind of be a bit more fly by the night, just yep. see where the wind takes you. Know, my natural um, my natural way is to try and plan everything, but I'm trying this time just to just, just let the holiday wash over me, great. enjoy this experience after, you know, three years stuck in Australia. Um, yeah. It'll be brilliant to get out of the country. And when do you depart? What day do you leave? July 4th. July 4th. I leave, yeah, and because of the time difference, I arrive yep. on July 4th. Yep, um, back. And it just worked out that way. I said on a while ago I'm in a fandom that, you know, obviously a lot of people want to get home for July 4th from Australia, a lot of Americans or with, with family over there. So the flights leading up to July 4th were all packed, but then sort of July 4th they were you loosened up. Well, yeah. hopefully they'll, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, Australia is going through the same thing, but um, because during COVID, all the airlines released a lot of pilots, gave them a pile of cash and never, you know, they're not coming back. Mm. So we're having these uh, peak season cancellations. So I just hope that that LA Boston flight uh, stays on the schedule. Although there are a lot of frequencies between the two cities, but that's also a long stretch. It's five and a half, six hours yeah. you know, on that stretch. Uh, uh, yeah. So, if that were, I mean, that would be annoying. I've got, I've got friends in LA. So if I had okay. to. Yeah, I've been to LA. I've had to go and find a hotel for a night. It wouldn't be great, but um, no, you know, no kids, no VD, wife. Well, so. your friend VD's there. I'm, I mean, well, VD and I haven't been in contact for the last oh, month. See, that's a shame. Um, but, but I've got some real friends there. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I love VD. Well, actually, I probably don't, but he's a <laughs> lunatic. I mean, he's a fucking lunatic. Um, Anyway. Well, well, thank you so much for having me on here. I got to go see my grandson. He's visiting from Texas. Yes. Thank so. you, Ned, for coming on Minifandom. Uh, it's been great to have you on. Good luck with all aboard. Uh, you know, keep that show going. Um, uh, yeah, you're carrying that show. Um, as long as we're ahead of BAP, I guess you're okay. But I want to thank Red. Thank you, Red. For uh, I'm glad your at least warm. your fucking co-host is going to the Wilbur. I know he's yeah. going to the second show because of fucking Shabbos, but at least yeah. I'll see that ugly... Yeah, I see. It's his in. first show. Be nice. It's a free. I can't oh, wait. Kirk has always wait. had these shows over Shabbat. He can't. He can't go. So this is the first yeah. time he's going. So I'm happy for him. I've got tickets to both shows. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, yeah. it's gonna oh, be- it's going to be a wild time. I'm very jealous. The, the FOMO is real, and 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 uh, I'm going to be asking for pictures and videos. But I, ex- I expect you guys to be having too good of a time. So yeah. All right, Ned. Well, you've been brilliant. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, lots of love. Thanks. <laughs>